to marketing as a language. This the 270th glorious episode of the show. Our guy is an expert in law firm marketing, which you're going to want to listen to because did you know that law firms have and they know what they're doing. And so if you study what they're doing and you apply it to your business, well, then you are going to do quite well. Today on the social media news recap, Google Maps will show you hacked your training so you can avoid crowds on your commute. This from CNBC.com. All links to all articles in the description. Google on Wednesday announced several new Google Maps. It's expanding a feature that shows you how crowded a transit is to 10,000 cities across 100 countries. It's also testing something even more granular, the option to see which cars on a specific train are the most crowded on New York's Long Island Railroad. So it just goes to show that we are going to get to a place using machine learning and artificial intelligence where we're going to be able to avoid lines. It's going to be lovely because I don't like lines and neither do you. Also, Apple, Facebook, Google, and other Bay Area tech companies are returning to their offices. I've been very vocal about how stupid I believe this is. I think everyone should have the opportunity to work from home. If they work in the tech sector, I'm not saying you should be a construction worker and working from home. That doesn't make any sense. What I'm saying is that putting someone into a car where they could get into a car accident is dumb when they don't have to be there. A lot has been written about the tech exodus in California, according to sfgate.com. Cities such as Denver, Austin, and even Boise have been labeled new tech capitals. And there's some truth to the matter, but for the most part, it seems it was just employees moving to states with non-existent income taxes. They forgot to mention Nevada. Plans to return are on the horizon. However, just look at the massive tech campus that is planned to replace the legendary Temple of Doom-esque Fry's headquarters in San Jose, blah, blah, blah. So Salesforce is looking at going back. Facebook's looking at going back. But here's the thing. I think there's going to be massive French Revolution protests, um, ultimately because they have all of the money. Uh, I think they're going to get people to go back, but there's going to be a lot of murmuring, a lot of water cooler talk about this is ridiculous because it is in fact ridiculous to force people to go into an office, even if that office has free yogurt all day, uh, in order to have them collaborate. It's 2021. We survived the pandemic. Let us be in our jammy jams and work from home. It is the future. NPR.org in the US, Google searches for dating have reached a five-year high. Everyone's over it post-pandemic. It's the middle of what has already been dubbed a hot vax summer. And whether you're hesitant about getting back out there or ready to flirt, trending Google searches reveal that dating is definitely on our minds. I don't need to go into this because you get it. Uh, it's that time. Final article in Gadget.com, YouTube's super thanks tipping feature rolls out to more beta users. The feature is long overdue. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have never been on Twitch, I highly recommend you go there. It's one of the reasons Jeff Bezos is so incredibly wealthy. One of the many reasons. Anyway, uh, Twitch allows you to support your streamer by giving them bits, by subscribing to their channel. And YouTube is now rolling out super thanks, which is essentially same thing. You can donate $2, $5, $10, or $50 at a time. When you do this, you'll see an animated GIF of balloons floating across your screen, and YouTube will highlight your comment, etc. So if you're a streamer and you're on YouTube, this is good news for you. I do believe that YouTube will be taking 30% of all of these, quote, donations. Our guest on the show today 
is an expert in the law firm marketing space. He's been doing it for many years. We had a phenomenal conversation backstage. You're in for a real treat. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. The one, the only, Leonard Shiner. Hello, Kellen. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on today. Here we go. So um, attorneys, when they're not circling the pits of hell, um, they are helping people in a, a number of ways. Is this correct? We like to think so most of the time. I have nothing wrong with attorneys. And I think it's somewhat unfair that they get that sort of label as these demo demonic possessed people. Um, one of my favorite people on the planet is named Marcus Berg and he has billboards around town. And when I'm driving with my daughter, I will point out those billboards and then she'll see him on meetings with me. And she's like, I know a famous person. <laughs> That's pretty so nice. what is it about attorney marketing? Um, and what do you do for your clients to make them so successful? Well, at the basis, uh, I run Geek House, which is a law firm marketing agency. We're headquartered here in Los Angeles. And really, we're working with attorneys to brand themselves, market what we've created, and then grow and scale their practice. So we look at those three pillars when a client comes to us, a law firm, and we help them with, you know, understanding who they are and really making them different. You know, if you're a, a personal injury attorney or a bankruptcy attorney or, you know, any type of attorney, how are you different than the law firm next door? And that's usually a, a hard question to answer because it's hard to see the label of the jar you're in. But with me and my team, we're, we're specialized in that. So we look for what makes you unique. We create that brand, make sure you look amazing over web, social, print even, because in law, we still use a lot of print. And so uh, setting that up and then ultimately marketing that, right? So getting that message out about who we are, how we help, how it benefits the ultimate client and you know, promoting that message, getting uh, online credibility, all of those things. We check all those boxes. So let's talk about, let's just go line item by line item. Um, when it comes to attorneys, people in my industry tend to go, yay, money, uh, because they have money and the retainers are better and whatever. Um, you get it, selfish capitalism at its finest. Gotta put food on the table and <laughs> SEO for an attorney is hard because everyone else is at that same level of spend, if not 10 times more. If you have an established law firm, they have so much money that if you want to fight against them, it's a little bit of a David and Goliath story, right? So what do we do on the SEO front? How do we build links? What kind of content are we creating? Help me understand how to rank number one in like LA for an attorney term. Sure. So you're absolutely right with SEO being so, I mean, you almost feel like you're climbing up a waterfall, you know, um, years ago, it wasn't like that. You could set a strategy, you could rank, you could see the fruits of your labor, but it's 2021. The internet's been around for longer than we'd like to admit. And, uh, people are already there. They've claimed their space. So, rather than being 
the first result when someone looks for you know this type of attorney or that type of service the other way that I, I look at you know showing up in search is having good content on your website so that's in the form of faqs blogs even you know like about pages so like an about an attorney or you know any of the content that's on your website we want to make sure that it's coded correctly like the on page is coded correctly and then we want to push that out as many places as we can. So if we just published a blog this week, we want to put that onto social. We want to put that on LinkedIn, drive them back to the blog. We want to do that promotion after the fact. And lots of firms or just businesses in general, I see if they put in the time to produce content, you know, like it's, it's a, uh, an Instagram post or something that goes away very quickly. Maybe you've got 24 hours on that, but a blog, that's an amazing piece of content that's going to be a cornerstone for you. And that can live days, weeks, months, sometimes even years. So to answer your question about how we get SEO, again, it depends on, on the, the specific area that the practices of focusing in, but usually content is king. Yeah, for sure. We started trying to rank for rich snippets. That's been the big thing we keep talking about. So they're the the new search result that appears above everything and they're magical when you can get them and there's schema markup that you can do to help get them and the blogs themselves have to be very authoritative, 800, 1200, 1600 words, custom graphics, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. So we'll do that. We often have to aim for keywords that are out there, you know, long tail sort of things. But every now and then we'll get them for legitimate like garage door repair, whatever. And it'll show up for sure. like a precision garage door. So that's what we really want on the SEO front from the blog ranking itself perspective. And then of course, the uh, the hope is that the internal keyword link within that blog pointed back to either the homepage or a landing page on the website itself will help them rank for personal injury attorney LA or whatever that happens to be. Um, I'm convinced that the people at Google aren't even sure why things rank the way they do because they've been using machine learning for long enough where there are a select group of uh, Google machine learning engineers that understand exactly how it's going to kind of unfold. They have predictions. But to me, it would be like guessing what um, a chess computer is going to do against a player. You know it's going to win <laughs> you know, because no human can get even close to what a chess computer can do nowadays. Um, so in my opinion, um, I want TikTok. I want Instagram. I want Facebook. I want a live show on YouTube. I want links from YouTube. I want tons of video. I, and I just, I just want the Blitzkrieg. You know, I want everything we can possibly do um, to to make it work. That includes Google ads, LinkedIn ads, where applicable, et cetera. So what outside of content are you doing? Are you doing paid? We So we'll do a little bit of everything. It depends on the client. We'll take a 360 approach and walk them through, you know, what their next 90 days or three months looks like, and then what the next sprint looks like. So we really uh, hold the hand and that's kind of what I love. That's what makes me unique is that, you know, I believe that you should care about your clients. That's an odd thing in this day. You know, they're not just- How dare you? 
yeah, not just there to make the agency money, but uh, we got to give them some love as well. Um, but I want to note one thing that you said. So you want, you know, TikTok and Instagram, and you want to be everywhere so that anyone can find you everywhere. And that's awesome, but that takes a team and that's a lot of work. So most of the clients that I work with, most of the, the, the individuals are solo attorneys or they're small law firms, right? Like under five partners, um, usually less than that. So, you know, looking at their capacity to handle things either in house or their capacity as far as like marketing budget to have the agency handle things is usually not, um, you know, there's, there's a close eye on it, right? So we want to be conscious and profitable. So, um, to the point of like having all your platforms have everything. So what I say is where are your clients, your potential clients, where do they live? Right? So if they live on TikTok, great. If they live on Facebook, great. If they live on Instagram, fine, but choose a platform, maybe two and do really well at that. And then use that to maybe supplement or, you know, use it on the other platforms. But, I feel like when clients try to do everything all at once, one, you get overwhelmed. So none of it gets done great. And then two, that overwhelm causes a lack of consistency. So you're there and not and there and not. And with an audience, as you know, from everyone on here now, an audience comes because they want to hear from you. They want that relationship. They want to be engaged. So if you're here and then not, and then here and then not, you lose a lot of trust with your people. So I usually recommend choose one platform, nail that, and then let it bleed over into the others. Yeah, consistency is obviously very important. Um, I'm reminded of my sister's company, Chelsea Smith Cosmetics, shout out. Um, she, she got popular first on Facebook, doing Facebook Live, killing it on Facebook Live, 20,000 views, hundreds of shares, mm -hmm. thousands of likes. And then she ported that to Instagram and then she went viral on TikTok. So mm -hmm. once you have an established um, group of people that love you, you can move them around and then you mm -hmm. can use them to trick the algorithm. Well, you're not even tricking the algorithm. You're just showing the algorithm that you're popular and then it wants to promote you even more. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, with limited budget, I agree with you. Um, if there isn't enough to... to to tackle all of the things that are in front of you, then you shouldn't. The argument I'm making is that from an SEO perspective, you want to rank number one. Okay, well, guess what? Let's look at who's ranking number one and number three and what they're doing. And if you want to have a sober and realistic expectation of what that's going to be like, then we have to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's just that simple. It's like, if you're a, you know, if you're like five, six and you're a high school basketball player and you're like, I want to be in the NBA. It's like, okay, let's go to an NBA uh, training session, right? And let's right. do that for a couple of days and see how you feel. Um, right. and that is really something that you want to do for the rest of your life. Um, so I do want to mention- You competitive. You, you definitely do. have to be competitive. Yeah, let's be sober about what it's going to take. And if you don't want to rank in the top five, fine. You want to run Google ads? We got great Google ads for you. You want to do this specific thing? Cool. But if, if that's what you want- then let's talk about what it takes to get there. Um, I do want to mention, um, have you heard of on TikTok? 
Law by Mike. I have not. Yeah. Okay. I got to introduce you to Law by Mike. Law by Mike is crazy. It's easy. So his most recent uh, video, 604,000, 347,000, 670,000 views, million views, 2.9 million views. I like to run this guy by lawyers just to get them thinking about it because basically every TikTok he creates is like a Super Bowl level produced thing, right? Um, and God knows how, like, he's doing stuff that, you know, you could do in your sleep. Like, uh, what's he, Britney Spears legal update? That's too funny. Um, how dogs affect your traffic ticket? That's crazy. Um, he'll do stuff just, you know, like, uh, use this trick when cops ask you X, you know? Um, but he's super popular and he's super interesting to me because, um, I use him as a motivator for attorneys to get off their keister because a lot of attorneys will go, I'm worth $400 an hour. You know, like, wh why would I, you know, why would I do like, why mm -hmm. would I spend an hour making a TikTok that, that doesn't make sense to mm -hmm. me. Um, and so anyway, I use this, these guys to kind of motivate, motivate them to do that. But let me ask you this question. Do your attorneys create content on Instagram, on TikTok, this sort of thing? And, and if not, can you motivate them to do it anyway? <laughs> so their firm creates content as in we create it for the firm, but is the attorney actually doing content themselves? No. <laughs> Uh, content production I found is one of like the hardest things because it, it just takes so much time, right? Like you said, you're going to spend an hour just on one TikTok, right? Like that's not scalable and that's not easy to track ROI unless you're, you know, an influencer or something like that. So for law firms, um, I use something that I've, I've coined as the content waterfall method. So we start with a large piece of content, usually a blog, and then have that like a waterfall trickle down into, you know, we'll go from a blog post to maybe um, a LinkedIn article, right? Where we're posting only 80% of that blog. And then from there, we might pull out you know, social uh, meet like an Instagram or an individual Facebook or something like that. But the idea is that we want to be efficient and effective with how we are repurposing and re recycling, upcycle, upcycling, massaging, whatever you want to call it. But we're taking the content that we've spent so much time researching, right? Because we research it, it. There's a lot that goes into these these blogs. And from there, we can really pull out uh, content that's one, already been approved by the client, already been researched, already been vetted. It's in the tone of that law firm because every every brand has a, a slightly different voice uh, and we match that to the attorneys or what they're comfortable with. So uh, yeah, we, we, we definitely try to create as much content as we can efficiently for them. And then, uh, you know, we'll handle just, you know, posting that and all that great stuff. And then when the attorney comes in to supplement is either when we're doing like a live on Facebook or we're doing a webcast, somewhere where they're on video. If I'm having the attorney take their time, I wanna get the audio, the visual, and then we can transcribe that, right? So we're getting everything possible 
versus just saying, hey, go write something or whatever, right? I wanna get as many uh, creative assets from the attorney to be respectful of their time as possible so that then me and my team can go splice and dice that nine ways to Tuesday. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's funny to me that attorneys, um, I see them as having this incredible opportunity to take the bull by the horns and be that face. Um, they're willing to put their faces on billboards, that's for sure, because that's just, I uh, have them do it and just put my face on the thing. Um, but uh, Some are not. Know, Some are not. Okay, so you, you've had some experiences with folks that are like, you know what, I do not want to be the face of this company. Yeah, and you know, that's strange because usually in professional services, you're, you're the expert, right? It's, it's you, you're selling your brain. Um, yeah, but it's funny because most attorneys, like looping us back around to our comment in the beginning about how they get a amb ambulance chasing bad rap, um, not all attorneys have, I don't know what you want to call it, ego, whatever. Like, they, they're not super comfortable with that. Um, I was consulting with one uh, employment attorney, and he said, you know, I want really good clients. He was really thoughtful, and he really cared, and I could tell that like his heart was in it, right? He shared personal stories with me about how his family was affected and that's why he got into this area of law. And I, I love when there's a story. Um, I, I absolutely love that. But he was telling me, he's like, I don't wanna put my head on a billboard. I don't wanna put my head on the back cover of a magazine. Like I don't want to be you know, that billboard attorney. I just want good clients. And part of my conversation with him was to share with him like, even though like, like I agree with everything you're saying, great. But if you want the result that you're looking for, you've got to do the actions that lead up to that. So if no one knows you, no one sees your face, no one starts trusting you, it, it doesn't work. The logic is flawed. So we definitely, you know, all marketing is an effort to be seen. And some of the attorneys who don't like to be seen, it, it's somewhat of a challenge to kind of, you know, um, pull out that personality from them, but we do it with love. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is so funny to me how our jobs or the, the Tao, if you want to go down the a Taoist, uh, Eastern philosophy path, um, molds us in many ways into something that others can easily stereotype. So for example, you could say MMA fighters are arrogant and cocky and da, 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 da. And then, you know, and they might be, you might be right about someone in some particular instance. Go be an MMA fighter. Go do that for 10 years and get back to me, right? You got the fight promoter saying like, do you want to get paid for this? Or you get huge incentives when you like lash out at the, at the photo shoot before the thing with like millions of views, everyone's talking about it, you're hyping it. And, and then it just, you have these little enlightenments along the way going, oh, that's why they've all been doing it. I get it. Okay. How far down this path am I willing to go? Oh, yes, people will be able to look at me and think, uh, but deep down, I know who I am. Um, one of the things I like, Marcus, um, one of our clients, attorney clients, personal injury attorney client, is um, they're all about going to trial all about it. They're like mm -hmm. most personal injury attorneys, they're, they're going to settle. This is, this is not our path. Um, they'll lose money going to trial. Um, and uh, so they, they pride themselves on that. And that means the world 
domain. So that's obviously these are trial attorneys. They're not afraid to take on insurance companies. Mm -hmm. And the stories he tells me are wild. Like, you know, people the day before the trial, the insurance company triples the offer, right? Right? Because mm -hmm. they're just like, nope, not going to do it. Not I could do it. And then they see that they're serious and they're lookers and they're going, you know what, maybe we say, you know, like, let's just not go to trial. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's that stuff you don't hear unless you're, you know, in it and, you know, friends that are doing it. And, and so in my experience, the attorneys that I've worked with are all incredible people. They're, they're the 1% uh, intellectually great grades dedicated, you know, they fall into that sort of stereotype. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think, at least from my experience, the lawyers that I've known uh, don't deserve the, the rap that they get. Yeah, I can't say that I've had too many experiences with the, quote, ambulance attorney personality. Um, I can probably count on one hand how many of those I've encountered. So that's good. Yeah. That, that's I, good. Yeah. Yeah. I knew a racist dude who owned a Christmas tree uh christmas trees selling thing it's just 100 racist the stuff's coming out totally shocked and so it just goes to show no you don't know what the business owner is uh, in a certain sort of thing have you ever run across a client where you had a moment where they said something or did something and you were like we can't work together <laughs> hmm. that's a really great question um where we could not work together. Well, there's definitely been instances where, like, if we're setting the strategy and there's 10 steps and you choose to only do four, well, then, we, then we're not going to get the result, right? You know, I, I like the saying, when you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you to eat healthy and exercise and take this medication, you know, and, like, you should do it, right? But so many of us like either don't, or then we were like, you know, why we go back to the doctor and say, it didn't work. Well, did you do what I told you to? No. Well, it's your own fault then. <laughs> so I have had situations where we've had a client come on board and we'll lay out their strategy. And, uh, you know, the one that, I, that comes to mind, they were not interested in, in doing content in any respect. And I was like, look, not a lot of people know you, you know, you're a, a, a smaller firm and you can still outmarket other people. You can still have a, an abundant slice of pie, but you have to do the steps that it takes to earn that pie because it's not just going to show up on your front door. So all of my other clients who are similarly situated are producing content and it lets your website, lets your social have a heartbeat, lets people come see that you're current, lets them get a, a sense of, you know, how you think about things. And it's working great for these other clients. But the one chose not to, and then they didn't get the results that they were hoping for. Is that a coincidence? Or is that, you know, uh, identifying a pattern, right? So in that instance, you know, I just said, we, we need to, to reset our strategy, right? If you don't want to do content, fine, but we just need to create a path forward that doesn't take you through content city, you know, and that's what we did. But ultimately, 
their results were lower than other firms who were similar because there's certain things that we need to do to make sure that we're well positioned, that we have authority and um, we're not checking those boxes. You know, if you're not going to take the advice, then that's why you hired us. So you must have a better solution that you can execute on then. Yeah, my uh, I feel so sorry for our web development director at times because he is an artist, man. He's an artist. He builds websites. He he's not going to put something together that isn't beautiful to him, aesthetically pleasing. And uh, these clients sometimes they're just like, like nope, don't you know? It, trust me, for the love of God, trust me. Been doing it for years, and years and years. Um, he knows what converts internet marketing company. So the SEO is taken care of. We understand the layout of websites that convert at a high level, et cetera. And you we have clients coming in and they're just like, no, and we'll do it. If it's your site, you know, no problem. But yeah, that definitely irritates them. Where I've really come into that, like they don't do what you say or you know, in, in the coaching world, they say, are you coachable, right? Like, will you take advice? Will you take uh, suggestions? And so where I've found that that is like more abundant is when a client will come to us and they just want like one thing. You know, we like we offer a, a breadth of services and, you know, what I like to do is set a complete strategy, right? Like what I said earlier, we brand, market, grow. So, you know, come along, whether you've got a six-figure practice or, you know, even if you're just starting your practice and you're at like nothing, you know, I want to build you a six-figure practice and then get the systems working, get the marketing, get the messaging, get everything really well-graced and operated at a six-figure level. And then we can pour more fire or more fuel on the fire and get that to a seven figure firm. But when clients come and they're like, well, I just want, you know, they wanna break off part of, of, of everything that we're doing. We're like, well, we just want this one thing or that one thing. That's fine, you know, and some of those services that we offer are guaranteed, you know, sometimes they need to be combined to be guaranteed. Um, but in short, if they're just doing one thing, I just naturally, you know, as a, as a businessman, I wanna create uh, a bigger client out of them. But then also as a marketer, you know, I want, if they're a client, I want them to do better, right? I want them to, even if the agency isn't pulling more revenue or profit from it, I still want them to do as good as possible. So uh, I have, I had one client who was doing one service with us and we got great results and I saw that things were climbing and I was like, this is awesome. Why don't we have a strategy session where I could give you some feedback on things to improve? You talked about high converting uh, website layouts, right? So we know that there are certain boxes we need to check in a certain order. And uh, this, this attorney's website did not check all those boxes. So I shared with him about these things, right? And uh, that was all well and good. And then we had a, a follow-up call a month later and nothing had changed. And the things that I was talking about was not super, we're not reconstructing the moon here. So, you know, a month later, nothing has changed. Okay, you know, okay. But it's like, why are you a client at that point, you know? 
Yeah, I hear you. I mean, agency owner problems. But here we are um, doing it. We're doing it, Leonard. We're in the world a better place. One client. Ladies and gentlemen. It is. Marketing. Oh, sorry. Let me do this this quick pitch. I will give you the final word, I promise. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, marketing as a foreign language, 1030 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Monday through Friday. If you're joining us live, you know we love you. If you're watching us after the fact, most folks do iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com for slash Send It Rising, the Facebook page for Send It Rising, and many places. You know, we love you. Our guest today, Leonard Shine, um, is a true expert when it comes to law firm marketing. If you are an attorney and you're interested in chatting with him, we're going to make sure you can contact him directly. I want to make sure you get the final word. Let folks know where they can reach you and uh, drop a little. Yes. So our website is gogeekhouse.com so go geek g-e-e-k and then house we spell h-a-u-s it's like the german way so gogeekhouse.com good and uh what should attorneys do that they're not doing what should attorneys do that they're not doing take a look at your marketing are you speaking to promote yourself or are you speaking to serve a potential client? Are you offering value to who's gonna become a client or are you just all about how wonderful you are? Ah, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, shout out to Leonard Shiner. That's the show for today. We'll see y'all next.